Thank you, Tom and Holmes Family Band and everyone else. Beautiful, beautiful music this morning. Good morning. Good morning. My name's Matt. I get the privilege of being a pastor here at Baymarin. It's Easter. It's also April Fool's Day, which is a reminder for me that it's always my nephew's birthday because my nephew was born on April 1st. Uh, I kind of like that today's April Fool's Day because it's like you thought he was dead. But the tomb is empty. He is risen. All right. Uh, we've been journeying the last several weeks uh, exploring this theme of unlocking. Many of you got one of these kind of old-fashioned keys a number of, week, of weeks ago, and I invited you to carry it around with you and be asking the question, what is it, God, that you want to unlock within me? What is it you want to unlock within me? That, that God is always about the business of unlocking more of who he created us to be. God is always about the business of unlocking that which has been woven within us from the beginning of the universe, from the creation of the universe. God has been doing a work, and he's always inviting us to wake up to the more. Uh, God unlocks death, and resurrection springs forth. Um, typically, we look at one of the gospel texts on Easter morning, and we look at one of these texts where the disciples come to the tomb, and the tomb is empty. Uh, and I decided to mix it up a little bit this morning. I want to look at a different text. We're actually going to look at a text from the very last book of the Bible, which is the book of Revelation, which was written by one of Jesus' closest disciples, John. And uh, the best historians can put together is that John, late in his life, was exiled to the island of Patmos uh, because John was going around sharing with people this way of Jesus. He was sharing with people the Jesus message that this Jesus came and lived among us and died at the hands of the religious elite in Rome, and he rose again. And John is going around and sharing that there is a better way of being human in the world, that Jesus went around saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, uh, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. John was saying there's a different way of being human, and it's the way of giving yourself away rather than the way of self-preservation. And of course, Rome was all about self-preservation, always looking to itself and how to maintain its stronghold. And John's going around saying, no, there's a better way. There's a better way of being human. And Jesus came and taught us that way. So they ship John off to this island called Patmos. And on this island, John had a vision. And if you read through the book of Revelation, you can see this vision was wild. Uh, and it is all over the place. And at the beginning of the vision, John sees the risen Christ. And this is what happens. He says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead. And now look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and Hades. See, John lived in a time when it seemed those who were in control and in charge of death was Rome. Those in power, 
But Jesus comes and shows us a different use of power and ultimately conquers death and the grave. When, when you read John about John's vision, it requires imagination. It requires a different way of viewing things. And, and often in our world, our imaginations have been stunted. And Jesus invites us into a new way of viewing things. Uh, Jesus wants to unlock something within us. Jesus wants to unlock resurrection, wants to unlock new life and show us a better way of being human in the world. And it requires imagination. It requires allowing God to do that beautiful work in us and often that hard, painful work because the work of resurrection must go through the cross. Jesus went the path of the cross in order to see resurrection take place. And we're invited into that same path and to use our imaginations of how we can live this life Jesus invited us into. Uh, There's different ways to unlock a lock. There's different ways to get through a locked door. Uh, How many of you have ever locked yourself out of your house or your car? Yeah. Um, So I was in Michigan a few weeks ago. And my wife was home with the kids, uh, taking care of the kids while I was doing this wedding. And um, two of our kids uh, take a, go to this farm school, Terra Firma Farms in Petaluma. And they get dropped off in the morning. Uh, our son gets picked up at 2 p.m. Our daughter gets picked up at 3 p.m. And so Jenna drives the van up there to pick up our son and uh, collects our son and then realizes she's locked her keys in the van. Now, usually the quick fix is you call me, and I come with the spare key. Uh, I'm in Michigan. And so she starts doing some calculations in her head. Uh, Well, I could call roadside assistance, um, but that could take a while. i got to pick up our daughter at 3, and i got to be home for our other daughter getting home from school. And and so a friend who is there says, hey, I'll, I'll take you home, and you can get the van, the spare key to the van. Great. They drive home. Uh, Jenna plugs in the code to the garage. Garage door opens. She goes in the garage and goes to open the door between the garage door and the house, and the deadbolt's locked. Not a big deal. She knows she put a -a hide-a-key in the rocks outside our house somewhere. And so (laughs) she, she and her friend start unearthing rocks, looking for this key. Can't find it anywhere. A little sidebar. Uh, a couple weeks later, drama teacher gives Jenna a bunch of props back that, for this play that our daughter was in, among the props, house key. Jenna says to our daughter, so, where'd you get this key? Oh, I found it in the rocks outside. Uh, so Jenna and her friend are unearthing rocks and can't find this key anywhere. And, and so uh, Jenna's like, I'm running out of time, starts thinking, what are my options? What are my options? She goes into the garage and grabs the axe. (laughs) I kid you not, friends. I kid you not. She grabbed the axe, this axe, my my little petite wife starts hacking away at the door. It worked. 
hole in the door. She reaches in, unlocks the deadbolt, goes in, runs upstairs, grabs the van key, and goes and picks up our kids. So there, there are different ways to get through a locked door. Uh, Here's the thing. So our, this door between our garage and our house, it used to, when you would open it, there was this loud, like, uh, it was so loud and annoying. Uh, and it, it's on this hinge that causes it to close automatically. And if you didn't catch it, it would, it would shake the entire house. It was so annoying. And uh, our neighbor, Tom, down the street, who is just a fantastic human being, uh, Jenna tells him what happens. He says, don't, we'll get this taken care of. We'll get this taken care of. I know these guys who work on doors. I'll, we'll take the door off. We'll take the hardware off. All you have to do is take the door to them. They will cut it to size. They'll cut the holes for the hardware, and boom, it's done. 150 bucks out the door. Uh, and so Jenna takes the door to these guys, and uh, they're, look <laughs> they're looking at this door, and of course they want to know what happens, right? And then, of course, the next question is, you left the axe at home, right? Uh, and so they, uh, they cut this door to size, and they give it to her. She brings it back. Neighbor Tom puts the door back on, and, and he adjusted it. There's no creak. And when it closes, it closes slowly. And I, I said to Jenna, I said, that may be the best $150 we ever spent. Had I known what the result would be. I would have taken an ax to that door years ago. Uh, and when, when she's at the, the door place, there, uh, the guy looks at her and he says, so did you think about just breaking a window? And Jenna looks at him and says, yes, of course I did. And I did the calculation in my head. How much do you think it would have cost me to have a window guy come out and measure and pull the window out and replace the window? compared to buying a new door. Guy looks at her and goes, pretty smart. You're going to pay a lot less here. Uh, so God <laughs> wants to unlock something. And sometimes it takes a key. Sometimes it takes an ax. Uh, and, and here's the thing about unlocking resurrection. It's not always easy. It's not always the easy path. God invites us into a path that is harder than what we would like. And, and it often is the invitation for us to drop the keys, to let go of control. Jesus says, I hold the keys. I'm the one who holds the keys. Will you let go of the keys. Uh, where are you trying to hold the keys? Where are you trying to keep control in your life when you are being invited to let go of the keys and let go of control? Uh, I think it so often for us in life comes down to will we let go of control? Control really is, is a fear tactic. When we're trying to keep control, it's driven by fear. It comes down to fear or love. We'll be, be motivated by fear or will we be motivated by love? The love of the risen Christ. Jesus says, I am the resurrection 
and the life. He who is the resurrection and the life says, do not fear. That's what he says to John. Do not fear. Do not be afraid. I was dead. I am alive. I hold the keys. There's no need to fear. There's no need to grasp control. Just release control and allow me to unlock within you the beauty that I have created you for. Um, I saw the film uh, Three Billboards uh, just outside Ebbing, Missouri. I was so taken by it. Uh, talk about a group of characters who are grasping for control. Uh, a group of characters living from a place of fear and grasping for control. The, the main character, uh, a, a grieving mom who has lost her daughter who was brutally murdered. Uh, and she, she feels she no longer has, she has no control. And so the way to get some semblance of control back is to put up these three billboards and uh, ask the questions, why, why no arrests, why Sheriff Willoughby? And so she's putting the question on the head of the police department, Sheriff Willoughby, uh, why has no one been arrested? And so she, she feels like she's getting some control back and she has the upper hand on Sheriff Willoughby until there's this little incident with a local dentist uh, where she drills a hole in his hand um, and gets arrested. And so now she's in the police department being questioned by Sheriff Willoughby. And you can even see by the posture who has the upper hand now, who's in control now. Who, and he's asking the tough questions, and he's going after her. And uh, he's also dying of cancer. And in this moment when he now feels like he has the upper hand and he's asking her the hard questions, he, he coughs up blood all over her. And something in the universe is shaken in this moment. Something in that scene just completely shifts. His posture, her posture, he, he looks at her and he says, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I did not mean to do that. And she stands up and puts her hand on him and she says, it's okay, honey, I know, I know. I'll go get some help. And it's like th this woman who's filled with so much rage and so much anger and so much fear, you suddenly see this moment of tenderness and compassion and kindness you, you see, it, it was a death moment, and it was a resurrection moment. It, it required for both of them to walk the path of self-giving in order to experience a moment of resurrection. You, you saw their true humanity. In this film, you see so much of the worst of humanity, and you see these glimpses of the beauty of humanity and what we could be if we would allow the path of the cross that leads to resurrection to grab hold of our hearts and our lives. Uh, there, there's an opportunity to walk this path where we choose to let go of control, where we choose to allow grace, to allow love, to allow Jesus to enter in in a different way and wake us up and unlock that which we were created for. Uh, Paul puts it this way. Let's uh, go to the next slide. Paul says, I no longer live, 
but Christ lives in me. It's this, it's this posture of saying, I don't have to be in control. The world is about more than me and my wants and my desires. It's about the risen Christ in me, uh, dying to self. Uh, Jesus put it differently, take up your cross and follow me. Uh, the greatest shall be the last, and the last shall be first. There's a different way of being human in the world, and it's the way of self-giving love. It's the way of sacrifice. It's the way of looking out for the interests of others and not the way of self-preservation and looking out for our own self-interests. Uh, next slide. Paul also tells us that the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. Th this is how we have the power of resurrection, the power of the risen Christ in us, because he gives us the gift of his spirit that lives in and through us. When, when we choose to say yes to Jesus, we say yes to his life-giving spirit that compels us onward into this way of self-giving love, self-sacrifice, and rejecting self-interest and self-preservation. Uh, Jesus invites us into a whole different way of life. And he, it, it, in the book of Revelation, John also tells us that Jesus, he's standing at the door and knocking. Sometimes Jesus has the keys, but chooses not to use them. He's waiting for us to open the door and say yes. To simply say yes to this invitation of new life and resurrection. To simply say yes to letting go of the keys we so tightly grasp. To simply say yes to letting go of control and inviting the risen Christ in to a new way of life. Uh, next slide. Resurrection will call us to hope. What does it look like to be a people, to be a resurrection people? Will we live out the resurrection? Will we be defiant to despair, to fear, to the powers that say self-interest and self-preservation are the best way to live? Next slide. Will we allow Jesus to unlock resurrection, new life, and love in our lives today. Uh, this is the invitation. It's the constant invitation from Jesus, who stands at the door and knocks, holding the keys, inviting us to drop our keys and just simply open the door and say yes. Uh, when we come and we take this bread and dip it in this cup, it, it's a way of saying yes. It's a way of saying, Jesus, I am willing to drop control. And waking up and recognizing we never really had control to begin with. And that Jesus will tenderly, compassionately hold us and enter in and unlock the beauty, the life, the love that we were intended to live with. God, thank you for Easter Sunday. 
thank you for the opportunity to celebrate your resurrection. God, you are the first fruits of the resurrection, and you invite us all to live resurrected lives right here, right now, today. God, I pray that we would release control, that we would release the keys that we're trying to hold on to and simply allow you to enter in and guide us by your spirit. God, may we live with confidence in the truth that the same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. Unlock all that beauty and mystery and love that you intend for us, God, knowing that death does not have the last word, resurrection does. We pray these things in the name of the resurrected Jesus. Amen.